0: Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is James A. Sinclair, and we will be talking about his new movie, The Grand Self, as well as his life work. Our limiting beliefs have been covering up the truth of who we really are. These limiting beliefs have formed a false self-image that believes it is separate from its source. Since our entire reality reflects what we believe about ourselves, we've either consciously or unconsciously created a world that mirrors our subconscious conditioning. Now, we are awakening to the truth of our divine essence and creating a new world that reflects the light and perfection of the divine image we were meant to be. James A. Sinclair is a world-leading personal development educator helping people embody human potential to an entirely new level of consciousness. His multiple award-winning inspiring movies communicate the limiting beliefs we've learned, communicates how the limiting beliefs that we learned are the only thing holding us back from actualizing the superhuman self within for more information about James, you can visit his website, which is BE. And for the movie of the Grand Self, you can visit that, about the, the Boston movie in the trailer, excuse me, at www.grandselfmovie.com. And then also for blog talk listeners in the show page, I've got a link um, to the featured guests in production team which are at GrandSelfMovieCommunity.com. So with that, I'd like to welcome James to the show. Good day, sir. Hello. Thanks for having me, Robert. It is my pleasure. I'm really looking forward to um, talking about the movie and also, you know, giving our listeners some um, insight about limiting beliefs and, and maybe how we can kind of shift that starting today. So, I guess the first thing I want to start with is that you know, you've had you know, a tremendous awakening early in your life where you experience the, the oneness of source energy of which we're all connected. Can you share your most impactful realization or, or that particular aha moment?
1: Yeah. You know, I think the most impactful uh, experience and realization I had was realizing that I wasn't this small, limited self-image that I was holding of myself, you know, based on these limiting beliefs and con- on, and concepts that we've all taken on since a young age. And that was like the aha moment. It's like, wow, I am not my conditioning.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm constantly amazed at the self-limiting um, beliefs. I mean. I, I grew up in, in in an environment where um negativity and limits were the norm <laughs> you know and it's, it's uh and it's shocking every time I you know rec- I I see that appear in my life it's like what what's going on here you know um but now you you share that that the, the root of all suffering um is our limiting beliefs uh so can you maybe describe you know Um, how it is,
1: in what ways we acquire
0: these limiting beliefs.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. And, and we've all, you know, taken them on and often from people that with really good intentions and from people that care about us and love us often. And, uh, you know, so we've taken them on from our parents, you know, uh, they handed down a lot of what they were taught and what they believe uh, down to us, you know? And again, these limiting beliefs come from people who really didn't know who they were. And let alone, you know, did they know much about who we were, but they were just handed down, you know? And, and you can, can begin to think about some of the beliefs that, you take, that, that were taken on, you know, like money, uh, beliefs around money, beliefs around who you are and what you're capable of, uh, all of those things. And so from parents and from, you know, um, limiting school uh, programming and limiting, l- limiting religious programming, uh, you, you know, things we picked up also from our peers. Uh, and also, you know, uh, in this next movie, too, y- you'll see that we, we realize that a lot of the beliefs we've, we actually learned in a past or parallel life, and we brought that influence in with us. Um, so, so, so from a, a number of sources, but but often again, and I really want to emphasize, with with best of intentions, you know, um, and, and also media, and with media, I wouldn't say best of intentions. <laughs> I think we can all agree <laughs> on that. But, uh, uh, but but anyways, and and especially from the time when we're zero to six, you know, um, Bruce Lipton, for example, has done incredible research on the biology of beliefs and. And, you know, he shows, and we showcase this in our first movie, what if the movie, of course, but he he really clearly shows that our minds are like, our subconscious minds are like a sponge, especially between those, those highly, you know, susceptible years of zero to six. So everything, and not, it's not just what's said, of course, Robert, it's, it's the energy and the feelings, right? And that's what really goes in as a direct download to the subconscious mind. And so the things that we took on, even in the womb, you know, our birth script has a lot to do with our conditioning. So all of these things make up, you know, our belief systems and uh, and therefore forms an identity, you know, that Eastern philosophy calls calls a um, an, you know an ego or a negative ego or a limited ego, and we live by this self, and as you know, everything in our life is reflecting back our our, our beliefs about ourselves and our life
0: yeah would you would you say well first of all the, the idea that um, limitation uh, or limiting beliefs can be Past life, limiting belief, um, and or you know, in utero kind of, of situations. To me, that's. Uh, I mean, it, it's just amazing. It, it's like we're 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 working with much more than the life we're living, you know. And um, that can seem daunting. I mean, you know, the idea that I have to, I have to. The fact that there was a maybe a past life, a limiting past life that is influencing my current life. Um that that can to, to me that's like um you know number one, you know, what is it I have to do to change that, <laughs> and number two, you know, what am I doing now for my future life?
1: Yeah, well, really good questions, and so um I don't think it has to feel daunting at all because I think it's meant to feel empowering, and I think it answers one of the biggest questions that anyone that talks about the law of attraction or the law of vibration or that says we create our reality, anyone that talks like that usually is faced with questions, but what about babies? What about children? They're not creating their realities. And even when we talked about, you know, um, Bruce Lipton's research in zero to six and all this conditioning going in, you know, it raises the question. So, So are we just completely victims and just subject to any kind of conditioning then it raises another question why did we attract if you bring in the law of attraction why did we attract parents and circumstances that would condition us negatively or in a limiting way or even positively what part of our soul would attract that and we know we're not victims and I think that's where past lives come into play and I think um, the reason it's empowering is because this life right now that we're in is a combination of all of that and all of our past life conditioning brought us into our childhood. So a good place to kind of look at what, you know, the first step is always to become consciously aware of what I've been unconsciously thinking about. And, and, and once you start that introspection process, you can often realize, wow, I learned a lot in my childhood. Uh, I learned a lot about money. I learned a lot about relationships. I learned a lot about my own capabilities. Um, But then at some point you ask, but why did I attract my parents? Why did I attract these souls to be my parents or these souls to be my siblings? And that's where, you know, I think it's taking law of attraction, into a deeper realization and understanding is, is, is to realize that, wow, we are so powerful and we are so attracting our reality that we even attract our parents. And this is where, you know, we get into the soul lives forever. We're not our bodies. We're the soul, you know, we're this light that's connected to our source. And so um, what, and another way to call the soul is the subconscious or the subconscious mind, and so whatever we've taken on in any life, and and now we're you know, and I've realized too, like when I was examining these past lives, and for me, Robert, I didn't go digging or looking. I was just raising my vibration, and this bubbled up from my subconscious, you know, or, or my soul, and I was like, wow, I have these memories, and it was very, very empowering for me to realize that ah. Oh, Okay, and I would see this life unfolding, and it's like, okay, I can understand why um, I attracted my experiences in childhood and brought me to here. But the place to always change from is in this moment. So I don't go looking I'm trying to dig and figure out this or that, but if it surfaces up in my consciousness, I, I, I'm willing to, to receive that and look at that for the purpose of change and overcoming the transformation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If if I've asked myself about why I attracted or how could I attract my parents or siblings once, I've done it at least a thousand times. <laughs> You know what was I thinking, kind of uh, but, yeah you know, well but what happens is is that you know you you eventually find out you know why those people are are in your life you know and what what they're meant to show you and to teach you and and that kind of thing I mean, it's mostly hindsight, but, but uh, <laughs> You know, it, it's really one of the. So now, do you feel that, um, I'm, you know, when we're going to the question of, you know, why would I kind of set myself up for incarnating into this life experience where I'm taught limits, you know, for limitation from these various sources? Do you think that maybe um, the process of going from limitation to let's say expansion or, or, or you know to awareness that 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 process itself is the reason for setting it up you know do, in, in other words that uh in order to understand um you know kind of what you're missing you you kind of it's just like a um a journey of discovery so i mean it's an uncovering so do you feel that that the idea of Experiencing limitation and moving to awareness or, you know, enlightenment or that, that is the process itself is what the, um, the whole
1: reason for being? Well, I feel that we do not have to learn from limitation or adversity. We do learn from limitation and adversity or we can learn from limitation and adversity, but I don't feel that it's necessary but I feel because we're such powerful beings that we, have, we incarnate um, into the vibration of, of, of our souls, of, of where we're at. So if we're, and, and, you know, and there's a great saying, it, it, it's, uh, and I think it was by Ramtha, that, you know, we always, we never incarnate into the love and light family we always incarnate into uh what we hate about ourselves and i think another way to say that is Mm -hmm. whatever we have unresolved because we're so powerful we came in with the belief that we're not good enough or that we don't deserve or that i'm a bad person then by vibrational attraction we're going to attract our family and, and other souls that will play that out for us. And perhaps in a higher understanding, we all sign up for this and we're soul levels out of love. And we're like, you know what, I'm gonna come in this life and I'm gonna play this out for you because it will be a catalyst for you to grow. And so I don't think it has to be that way. And I, again, I don't think we have to, we, we don't need the limitations to, um, in order to grow. I don't think it's like a universal law that's written but, but the law of attraction meets us where we're at. So, for vibrating at whatever limitation, that will be, and, and the beauty in that, of course, you know, is that we have this opportunity to overcome it. And, and, and that's where we can be introspective and get the lessons. And, and again, going inward, you know, what is this person, if there's a charge, an emotional charge, you know, what is this person reflecting in me? You know this person constantly is putting me down or saying this or that, and it's like, yeah, you know, upon further introspection, I realize, yeah, there's part of me that that believes I'm like that, and I don't like hearing that and so what if I change that in me? you know, will that reflection change, and it always does
0: hmm. yeah,
1: so now you've traveled the world
0: and you've you know looked at you know the most effective methods to help people um relinquish or release those their limiting beliefs. So can you tell us a little bit about what you've learned up about, about um how we can, you know, best tackle uh those beliefs when they pop up in our lives?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So every time that they do pop up in our lives, as you say, I feel that that is an opportunity, you know, there's another great saying that every upset is a setup to heal. Um, and so I think anything that comes up in our lives, a lot of people will say, you know, you're going for what you want in life and life throws a curveball or life just hits you in the face. And, you know, I think in a higher understanding, life doesn't do any of that. Life is love. Is what hits us in the face is our own subconscious conditioning. And if we can if we can embrace it and realize that there's something to learn here and it's always the same thing is, it, is it, 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 what we're to learn is how can we overcome this, you know? And anything that feels painful is not in alignment with who we really are. That's why it feels painful. You know, we feel mm-hmm. good when we're being, if we're talking, if we're in school and we're talking to a teacher, and a teacher is even giving us constructive criticism, uh, but saying, you know, Robert, you have a lot of talents and abilities in you, and you know, you wrote a beautiful article, and you know, you have a really, really good voice for radio or whatever it is, you know, that feels good to us when it's authentic, because it's in alignment with our spirit, because that's who we really are. See, we have this magnificent self, as you well know. And this magnificent self is always thinking good thoughts about us, is always adoring us, is always loving us. And so when we begin to harmonize our thoughts and start loving ourselves, saying good things about ourselves, praising ourselves, we're harmonizing with the divine and we're allowing that great connection. And it feels good. It feels right. It feels aligned. And, you know, it's, it's in harmony with who we are. Now, when we say things or we experience things that don't feel good, that's because it's not in harmony with who we are. And if we're aware enough to, to pay attention to our emotional inner guidance system, it will signal us that, whoa, something doesn't feel right here, you know? And you can examine how you're thinking in that moment and realize, yeah, my focus is on something that doesn't feel good and it doesn't feel good because it's not who I really am which means it's it's based on conditioning and it's an illusion in a higher understanding so for example you know if you're in a work situation and the boss really puts down your work and says you know you're terrible and this is your last chance it's just like you're just not making it here and you might have taken on subconscious beliefs in childhood that says I'll never make it and so you know your beliefs are, are controlling your behavior and, and your performance and everything. And so, but if you look at that, you know, you have a couple of ways to look at that. One is, yeah, I knew it. You know what? I'm just, I, I'm never going to make it. Here's another job and same thing, same circumstances, just me. I'm stuck with it. It sucks to be me. Or you can look at, you know what? This doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel right. And I've seen this before in my life. And if it's not right, then I must be, I must not be in harmony with who I really am. Because the truth is that we're magnificent. And the truth is that we have limitless talents and abilities. And so, you know, to just go a little further on that, uh, Robert, if I can, you know, one of the greatest things I've learned, we started the conversation this way, is that we're not our conditioning. And so if we're not our conditioning, who are we? You know, And the minute, and, and there's another great ancient proverb you know, that says you take the mind out of a human and you have a God. And so the minute we remove our resistance, you know, which the only cause of that is our limiting beliefs and conditioning, we automatically give way to this magnificent
0: presence,
1: you know, that is good enough, that is worthy, that is so incredibly lovable, that is adorable, that is deserving, you know, and um yeah. that's the real truth in these beliefs that we learn. Just cover that up and, and make it and that's why, you know, the movie's called The Grand Self, dissolving the illusion of separation is a tagline. And we're all living in this illusion that we're separate and that we're small and we're our conditioned self. And that's the lie. But but every society in every country, everywhere we look, you know, um, We've all learned this limiting conditioning, so we all are playing out lives in a smaller way, and we all are living by almost all of us are living by a smaller version of ourselves. Yeah, well, you know, it,
0: it, it's interesting when you were talking about you know the establishment of um, limiting beliefs. I had, and I've mentioned this a couple of <laughs> times on my show, but but it was impactful. I had a, a grandfather who. Um, When I was just probably in that six year age range, um, who just did not like me and my siblings because my mother got a divorce. He was from Italy and had the old, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, a very different perspective of life. Um, But anyway, it was like one of his, one of the first things I remember out of his mouth. That I can consciously recall was him saying that I would be nothing and that I would not amount to anything wow. in my entire life,
1: and I was like,
0: okay, you know, and and, um, and it was it was one of those, I mean even to this day it has that resonance, you know I mean that 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 vibration is there, but um, that there is a there was a follow up that when I graduated from college, four year college first in the family to do four year college, he. I actually went to visit him, and then after a few shots of whiskey, we had a, a you know a nice talk, you know. And I, I kind of um, brought that up, indicating just how much of an impact, negative impact that they had on me. But recognizing that, you know, with my accomplishment, it wasn't anyway. You know, I did get an apology, you know, and it was something that you know it, he recognized uh, um, how wrong he was, and you know, in saying that, um, but. But to me, it you know, that whole um, process, I think, just highlights how our beliefs are impacted, you know, as a youth. And then, you know, even if they're, um, you know, addressed or adjusted by, you know, our knowledge, that they, they can still, um, that, it, that it contributes to the self, you know, that it's a part of it, but it obviously doesn't have to. You know, be a a driving force, but what would you say to to the idea of you know we we have these you know beliefs that may be the incorrect beliefs that were shown or or presented you know as a child, but then we we move on. Is is it the in order to um, heal that is it necessary to release the emotional attachment to the first you know, instance the the limiting emotional
1: um, experience. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for sharing that. And I just wanted to ask, how old were you when he said that to you? Do you remember? I I, I think I was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe I was right in that five
0: to to six inch range. Because my my father left when I was three. So and it was a couple
1: of years after that. So yeah, it was probably that five to six year old range right 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 and and so you know i think a good way to to discuss this is is understanding really what a belief is or what beliefs are and so a belief is really a thought that you continue to think and a subconscious belief is a thought you continue to think that you're really you've thought you've thought it so well so many times that you're really not conscious of it just like when you're driving a car you know, and you, you realize you've driven across town, you weren't really paying attention to the driving process, and you're like, mm-hmm. how did I get here? You're on an, an automatic pilot. And, you know, according to Bruce Lipton's research, you know, most people are on an in the automatic pilot 95% of the time. So, so I would say, you, you know, and, and a very powerful way to, to program the subconscious mind for good or for, or for bad, positive or negative, is through authority. So here you were, you know, approximately five years old. Between zero to six is the most susceptible time. Your grandfather, which when we're kids, our parents and our grandfathers, they might as well be gods to us. They might as well be gods. Whatever they say, you know, we absorb. So, you know, I, and I felt it when you're when you're sharing this, uh, Robert, that that um, that that you believed it. At that young age, when your grandfather oh, said man. that, the only reason it had any power over you, is because you believed it, and so innocently, so. And this is often what we do as children: we internalize, and and maybe even too around your dad leaving when you were three. You know, w- you know. Oftentimes, we're not evolved enough to realize the truth, which is, you know what? Um, there's something more. To the surface, more to the reality really going on, um, but instead we internalize it and we blame ourselves. So instead, for example, instead of realizing in that moment that you know your grandfather father right now is probably not feeling aligned to his source and who he is, and um, and he's not coming from his his true authenticity, so he's off. Right. And but you know we don't do that when we're kids. We're just like oh. He must Mm -hmm. be right, Mm -hmm. you know, and oh my God, I'm never going to make it in life. I'll never be amount to anything or whatever he said. Um, So then that becomes a belief. So that goes in the subconscious and that, and when that's a knowingness in you, then your life will, will unfold that way. And no matter what we do to try to overcompensate or to become an overachiever or whatever it is, we'll still never feel that. We've really made it because we have that belief. And so, again, if we can just bring light or love into that and realize, wow, this is a thought that I picked up and it felt really true, but is it really true? You know, does it have to be true? Where did this come from? And and you, you just start even by questioning, questioning it and being open You know, I mean, we used to do seminars, you know, on the personal lie when people get in touch with their most negative core belief. And just by people questioning, you know, the validity of it alone, people would get really high, really high. They haven't even transformed it yet, but just questioning and being (laughs) open that -hmm. this may not be true about you. And the reason they get high is because we all know, we all know something deeper than that, deeper than the conditioning. Deeper than, deeper than the programming, deeper than what your grand, grandfather said, deeper than the beliefs we've taken on, is is our essence. And our essence, you know, we all secretly believe in our divinity, right? Uh, as Dr. Jodas Benz often says, and I very much agree. Uh, and so there's that inner voice uh, that is, is like, yeah. And, and, that, and again, that's why it feels painful because that's not in alignment with who we are, you know? Right. And so... If I was to ask you, if I was to ask you, you know, uh, and now I imagine that you've done a lot of work and changed it, but you said there's still a little bit of resonance there, you know. If I was to ask you, is that really the truth about who you really are? What would you say?
0: No, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, that, that is right. not the truth, and yeah, and um, and it's um, and and I, you know, it, it's a good point. You know that the belief is. You know the the beliefs shift and change depending on our awareness and, and knowledge and, and life experiences. So um, I think that's kind of an, an important thing to, to keep in mind. Um, wow, gosh, we're, we're already through halfway through the show, James. <laughs> just flying by. I want to I want to take just a quick break, and I do want to invite listeners. Um, if you would like to call in and ask James any questions, you can call in at six one nine seven eight nine Four three five nine, and for those listening live in the chat room, uh, feel free to ask your questions there. Um, and, and then, when we come back from Greg James, I want to talk about um, beliefs and how they impact our physical experience. You know, um, whether you know illness or health, that kind of thing. Okay. Great. Sounds great. Great. Okay, everyone, stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is James A. Sinclair, and we're talking about his new movie, The Grand Self. Um, again, you can find, excuse me, The Grand Self, and it's dissolving the illusion of separation. Um, you can find out more uh, about the movie by visiting the website, which is grandselfmovie.com. And you can also find more about James by visiting his website, which is James A. Sinclair. Okay. With that, we're back. James? Hi. Great. Okay. So beliefs, can you talk a little bit about um, the connection of beliefs to our physical well-being?
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, our life, every person, place, thing, time and event, every circumstance uh, reflects our beliefs. And uh, so does our biology. And, um, and so to break down beliefs even a little further, uh, we, we said earlier before the break that it's a thought that we continue to think. And that's really it. And that thought produces emotions. And when we have, or you could say a feeling. And so when we're thinking and feeling, that creates a state of being. And that state of being is controlling everything in our lives through the law of vibration or the law of of attraction. And so through Bruce Lipton's research and so many now, you you, you know, um, Dr. Lisa Rankin and uh, Dawson Church, who's Dr. Joe Dispenza's go-to guy and Joe Dispenza himself, Uh, So much research now has gone into measuring the impact of our state of being on our biology or or, or on our health. And so when we're, and earlier we talked about harmonizing with our source. So when we're in gratitude, when we're in joy, when we're thinking good feelings and thoughts about ourselves and others, we're in more harmony with our source, uh, with who we really are, our magnificence. And that is our natural state. Right now, you know, people say, well, it's natural to get sick, you know, and, and get old and age and die and all this. And it's just how life is. It's natural. And I always say it is not natural. We've been conditioned to believe it's natural and think it's natural. It's not natural. It is common. It's common everywhere in the world. And that's why we have hospitals. That's why we have morgues. That's that. That's why we have psychiatrists and psychologists, because we think living disconnected from our source is is normal, and it is not normal. It's, it's really just just common. And so, you know, then to realize that it's only our conditioning that is obscuring, impeding who we really are. Then the goal is well, how can we harmonize with our source how can we release our limiting conditioning and um so so in other words when we're stuck in a limiting belief and we're cutting ourselves off from source you know we're knocked out of homeostasis we're knocked out of our natural state when we're not in our natural state we're in stress we're we're swimming upriver. we're going against who we really are and when that happens we're not allowing the flow of who we really are. And when that happens, that's when disease can set in, especially when this mm. is, uh, these states of being you know, are not addressed. And when we're constantly in fear and stress, we're disconnected from the flow of who we are. And of course we're going to get sick. And so research shows now that when we change our state of being to the positive, you know, we're, we create this electromagnetic chemical in our heart. That signals our brain differently. That signals uh, that triggers neuropeptides or chemical messengers. You know, our hormones start to function differently. Our autonomic nervous system begins to function differently, and we even can switch on different genes—genes genes for health, genes for invincibility. You know, we have immortal cells within us, stem cells. We can trigger the growth. Uh, regrowth of our body, rejuvenate, regeneration can happen when we're in harmony with our source. And here's the thing. When, when we're in, if we're in harmony with our source right now, you know, we'd already be fully expressing our magnificence in radiant health, living as long as we choose. There'd be no limit. But because we're so conditioned, conditioned in our limiting beliefs, you know, we experience this reality that we call normal.
0: Yeah. Now, I've heard of cellular memory that our cells kind of hold, you know, you know have memory. Um, so I would think that, you know, that would, um, that memory would include some of, you know, that negativity, those limiting beliefs. Um can you talk a little bit about cellular memory and does, you know, switching, um, you know, into that positive mode, does that um, kind of maybe replace or counteract some of that negative memory?
1: Yeah. So, and I and I really like when people ask about cellular memory because I used to talk about it, um, uh, so much, and it was when we were filming our first movie at uh, Bruce Lipton's home in, in uh, California that he corrected me uh, on that, and I was so glad he did. And he said, "Cells don't have memories." He, he's like everyone's talking about cellular memory. Cells do not have memory, and uh, and you know, I, I just what he said really resonated with me. And he said, "There's a field of consciousness." that surrounds ourselves. and our cells mm-hmm. are completely responsive to that consciousness. And that to me was so beautiful because it's not like there's memory stuck in ourselves. It's that there's a mm-hmm. field of consciousness around ourselves that that's why the cell is behaving that way. And so that's really empowering to realize because consciousness can be changed. And so soon as we, Change our consciousness. We're we're now giving new information to that cell, to that area. And again, the reason disease you know sets in is because it's we're sending incoherent signals, signals that are not in harmony. Such as I don't deserve, or I'm weak, or I'm powerless, or whatever it is. And we keep saying that over and over, and that creates a, And we believe it. That creates a state of being that creates a vibration. And ourselves are so sensitive to everything that we're really, truly thinking and feeling every moment. And, and his, the, the beauty and the freedom in this too, you know, Robert, is in these studies, in, in, these, in these, you know, studies with Bruce Lipton and Dr. Joe Dispenza is how long does it take to change? And it's in seconds, in seconds, the minute we change our, 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 our feeling state, our, our state of being, our thoughts and things, the, the second we change that, you know, if we're hooked up to the devices where they're measuring, we see, oh my God, that second, you are now, you know, activating, switching on these genes. You are changing your whole chemistry. So, so how long does it take to change? In a second, but then, but then what's the problem? Well, the problem is, in that second, you changed. So, so when I say what problem is, is why is the disease still there? You know, why does it take longer than a second sometimes to change the disease? Well, it doesn't. You just changed at that moment. When you went into alignment with your source and you started feeling gratitude and you started feeling that you're magnificent and worthy and that you're on purpose, you have something to give to the world, you're valuable, you're lovable, and you start thinking these things about yourself, you know, your, your biological system adjusted in that moment, and that's so beautiful. But what do most people do? They go back into what they were feeling and thinking before, the habit of thought. So in that moment, yes, they're turning their body on. And at that moment, you're feeling connected. You're actually balancing the left and the right hemisphere the brain you're feeling connected to your intuition oftentimes you can even go into a gamma brainwave state you know which is which is a peak state of consciousness where you're really receiving um your divinity uh and and your inner guidance and just these these good feelings and, and you're flooded with these good feelings but then we go back to the old thoughts you know and we don't sustain that so then the work is if you call it work, I like to call it harmonizing with the divine because it's so pleasurable. Is It does, generally speaking, take a little bit of effort to retrain ourselves from the habit. And and again, there's no, it's not like we're trying so hard to do it and we're, you know, there's no, effort's our enemy for sure. But it does take a little effort mm-hmm. to become consciously aware and, and make a decision. I'm going to choose to think like this all the time. And that's what's so exciting. I mean, you, you know, we've been talking with different people uh, about wouldn't it be great to have a device, a biological device that is showing us all of all of the changes in our body, including the genes that are switching on and off moment to moment. Because the more we can see that feedback in our reality, the more we can pay attention to what state of being a, am I in in this moment, and that's where our power is, and if we sustain it, and we do it over and over so that it becomes our predominant state of being, because that's our subconscious state of being, so if you're going to think a positive thought right now, and you're going to feel really good, you know, you're changing your, your biology, if you're really feeling it right now, but that habit of thinking positively, and being in that state, is not lodged in the subconscious yet, because you've been practicing another habit, right? Or we've all been practicing Mm -hmm. something else, which is, you know, I'm not good enough, or whatever it is, or life is hard, or, you know, it's just a struggle, or nothing works out for me. And if we go back to that, then we can see the biology switch instantly back to that. But the beauty and the power, again, and I just can't say this enough, is we have it in, in the present moment. You know, we have this power to change, and it is changing biologically that instant but we want to make sure that that is our predominant state of being all of the time. And now we have great, you know, technologies, consciousness technologies. Like we talked about the grandma, the gamma brainwave state. And you'll see in the movie, you know, Chris Walton, you know, has this incredible process for getting into the gamma brainwave state in a matter of seconds, even minutes for some, but seconds even now, which is the optimal state to recondition our limiting beliefs and you'll see you'll see Maureen Ederson you know um, with inner resonance technology IRT which even goes beyond the mind and even conscious understanding into the super consciousness that just reprograms our system in an effortless manner and I think at the end of the day it's our responsibility to vibrate at these states of being that is in harmony with our source and practice
0: those things yeah and by the way you mentioned uh, Maureen Edwards and I do want to give her a a shout out thank you for directing me to you and and setting setting this our stages for setting this interview so yeah I I love Maureen's work on um, inner residence technology and and I've spoken to her a couple times about it Um, so Oh, and by the way, your comment about the uh, what Bruce Lipton said about cellular memory being really just the consciousness around the cell—that's going to shift my my perspective of cellular cellular memory from now on because you know that is just um, a, a wonderful um, uh, way of. of just presenting how um, impactful our thoughts and our, you know, consciousness, um, how how much it can influence ourselves cells. Um, you know, it's uh, in, in the idea that it's, you know, that it's not necessarily it's not really memory of the cells. To me, that's great because it's like you know the cell then is um, mutable. I mean, it, it it can change depending on the consciousness around it, and then we control that.
1: Yes. Yes. It's beautiful.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, it is. That's great. It's very empowering. Um, So let's talk about the grand self, um, dissolving the illusion of separation. So tell us about this project and how it came to be.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, it really was born out of the experience I had at uh, age 16 going on 17 where You know, uh, I started off with a heartbreak, you know, and that heartbreak reflected, and this is how the movie starts, you know, with the heartbreak, it reflected, uh, in fact, I was 15, I believe, and uh, it it reflected what I was secretly believing about myself that I didn't want anybody else to know. I had horrible self-image, horrible self-esteem, horrible, a a big lack of self-worth, and here I was dating this beautiful up and coming model, you know, and I didn't feel good enough for her. And, and, and when the relationship ended, I was so triggered. So we talked earlier in the show about, you know, every upset is a setup. I didn't know that then I didn't know that at all. And so I just thought, this is horrible. I don't want to, you know, I I, I don't want to live feeling like this. I don't want to be this person, but I didn't think I felt powerless. I didn't, I didn't know it was my self-image. I didn't know, you know, that I have this magnificent self within me. I just knew my conditioned self. I just, that's all I knew of myself. And it's like, I wish I didn't have to be me. It's how I felt at 15. Um, And then the movie progresses into, you know, my mom gives me a book called The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Dr. Joseph Murphy, which I think is the most powerful book still this, to this day, ever written on the subject of the the subconscious mind and and who we really are, uh, at least one of them. And uh, and so I began applying the principles in my life. And, uh, you know, and at first nothing changed, nothing changed. But I kept on and I kept on and I kept applying it and applying it. Then I started to feel different. I started to feel different. And in my reality, still nothing changed to reflect that. But I kept on and I kept on and I kept on with that state of being. And then my reality, you know, completely conformed to how I, my new self image, you know, and how I was thinking, feeling, and believing about myself and every aspect of my life. I mean, I was failing school, almost failing school every single year. They had a meeting with my parents, like, should we hold him back? He, he passed at like 51% or 50%. What should we do? You know, all this stuff. And, I, I felt you know all the other kids hated me I didn 't love myself, so I was attracting all that, but everything changed just if by magic, you know and it's like it's like I became an a student, studied less, you know all of these miracles were happening in my life, attracted my dream girlfriend at the time. Um, but then the movie, and I won 't say much more, but then the movie gets into you know beyond all these great manifestations, something greater happened, and that was the recognition of this grand self, this magnificent self that is within all of it, that we're connected to all the time, that is always loving us, giving us inspiration, calling us up to a more prolific experience and expression of who we truly are. and was always there. But in my ne- negativity, I didn't know it was, I, I would if somebody would have told me that I would have thought they were crazy. You know, it's like, what are you talking about a higher self? This is me. This is all I am, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but so I really, and that's what I call, you know, uh, the first step of awakening is you awaken, realize you're not your limiting conditioning, you're not that program self, and you know, even getting back to your grandfather and everything, and it sounds like you, you've come a, a long way, even though you said there's still little resonance there, um, you know, but you know, on on some level, you realize that's not who you are, that that's just something that you thought. You know, and that 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 held back your, your who you really are. It covered it up, covered up that awareness and recognition, and who you really are is is you know fully capable of making it, and, and far beyond that, you know. And and the more you harmonize with that, the more you now are in a state of allowing who you really are. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, in, in in that instance, it it is. Um, Right now, I just use that as a reference point, you know, to recognize that, you know, this is what I was told, this is what really is, you know, so that whenever something pops up, and I won't say it pops up, but anyway, sometimes those things just occur, life situations, you know, kind of bring those to the forefront. You know, when that happens, um, you know, I, I have a reference to say, you know, maybe that is what I was taught but i don't believe that to be true now so um yeah so it's um it's really really um you know the the idea of you know moving um from those unconscious beliefs moving them into an awareness to a conscious um state where you recognize you know what it is and then go about um, adjusting i don't know if that's the right word but go go about um Recognizing what the, the truth is, then then it I think then takes the power away from those limiting beliefs that once were.
1: Yes, exactly. And even neurologically speaking, uh, that's exactly what happens. They call it pruning in neuroscience, but they show. So you start thinking, you, you know, in your brain, you start thinking a new thought that I am worthy, I am magnificent that begins, the neurons begin to fire and align right away, that moment. But the challenge is, is that, you know, uh, out of former, because of former habits, there's other gangs of neurons that are firing, and we call those the thoughts in our head. It says, no, you're not. You you know, look at all the times you failed in your life, and and, and look at you. You know, this is not true. And and that's because you've given your energy in the past, to those limiting beliefs. And so those beliefs are really gangs and neurons in the brain. But the beautiful thing is the moment you decide to make this your focus every day, despite the other voices in the head, they're trying to pull you down. And you make that your focus every day and you give your energy to that. And not just every day, but every moment, not just in the Mm meditation, but between the, the meditations, you know, and give that your attention is what happens And so you are so right when you say it replaces and falls away. Because neurologically, what happens is, you know, the old circuit, the predominant circuit, what you're doing every day, is now stealing the neural glue from those old circuits. Because there's only so much neural glue to go around. It's just, it's, it's a hilarious concept, but it's absolutely accurate. And then you can literally see, you know, in the brain that these circuits when the glue is being stolen, they're going to what you're focusing on every moment. All of a sudden, they die out, and they're literally gone. And you know, and what happens to them? That becomes a memory without charge, or what we call knowledge or wisdom of the soul. Because you can have that memory that, yes, my grandfather said that, but you know what? There's no charge on that. That's not who I am, and I have love mm-hmm. and compassion for him. He didn't
0: know who he was either, you know?
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, gosh, we're we're down to the last
0: uh, five minutes here. James, uh, we've really gone by fast, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. But um, so, so can you tell us about, you know, you have quite a wonderful list of contributors to the movie. So can you tell us about uh, how you went about, you know, putting this group together?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I was guided, you know, and the first movie too, what if the movie, you know, we, we had just a phenomenal list as well. And so my higher self led me to the change experts, you know, it's like everything we've talked about, it's like, you know, it's a concept unless we apply it, you know, it's like, great, you know, and this is where, where even, you know, some great, you know, and not making anything wrong at all. But for example, psychotherapy, you know, where you can become aware of, of, of all of these things. And it's like, the reason why my life isn't working is because I was dropped on my head as a baby and I still can't forgive my dad. And it's like, you know, that's yeah. great insight. And I'm not knocking anything at all. But, but brain research shows that you get better at re-experiencing that every time you revisit it. But, but it's what you want to do is take that awareness and come through the darkness to the other side. You know, and really give that yeah. all of your attention. So my question was, how? You know, how can we do this better? So Bob Proctor's in our movie. He is one of the greatest experts experts in the subconscious mind, and you know, uh, he has he has programs to help reprogram the self-image. Our movie has a program that we I've developed for the movie um, to help do that, and it's led us to these great to these incredible people. And, and we mentioned Maureen Edwardson, you know, which which is, um, and, you know, Chris Walton getting into the uh, gamma brainwave state, you, you know, I mean, some people are still spending hours sometimes trying to get into a little bit of alpha and theta uh, brainwave states. And here in seconds, we can get into gamma, which is, which is a deeper brainwave state, which is the ideal one to make changes. And, you know, with Marine, for example, like I said earlier, you know, works on this super conscious level that even bypasses a lot of the, conscious understanding and it just works to reprogram it's just like this automatic alignment and i believe a lot of these things are next level to even a lot of the science out now and uh and and so i I think it's a beautiful thing so i first of all i wanted to experience it for myself uh these different modalities uh make sure they were effective for me and then also for clients and uh, And I've seen phenomenal things, and so, of course, I've taken the best of the best in my own journey of reprogramming my own subconscious mind and letting go of the false self, you know, and embracing who we really are and uh, and then i put I put the best of the best in the movie for me, and of course, there's thousands of ways, and I am for anything that works, whatever moves you from mm-hmm. fear and 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 scarcity and whatever it is into more of your magnificence. You know, I'm a supporter of thousands of ways, but the common denominator of everything is really comes down to our state of being, you know, and that's our choice moment to moment.
0: Yeah, that's great.
1: Well, one
0: last question. Um, you know, with this time that we're in, it's, it's a very dynamic period. Um, so many people, um, are going through challenges. So keeping in mind the grand self, you know, and what what kind of um, advice would you, or maybe statement, would you give to people who are going through the challenges, maybe with a, a perspective of coming from the grand self?
1: Great question. Great question. You know, wherever our focus is, that's where our, our energy is. So if we have these subconscious patterns running in our life, that just means that our energy is going there every day, every moment, like a loop, and every day is going to play out pretty much the same. And It looks like nothing's really changing or getting worse because we haven't shifted our focus or where we put our energy. So one of the greatest challenges and the greatest triggers are we have been conditioned to believe that what we call reality which, which really now they're showing scientifically as an electronic universe, which is less real than the real world of our imagination. But we've been conditioned to believe that the real world is everything outside of ourselves. So the great seers and masters mm-hmm. say, don't be materialistic, go inward. So um, being materialistic means trying to change everything on the outside, keeping your focus and attention on the outside, whereas being spiritual means going inside. What does going inside mean? what's inside our imagination our thoughts and our feelings. So we, we can condition ourselves to innate a new state of being. So, so to answer your question is if we can realize that everything that's happening on the outside is a reflection of the inner and not to give our power away to the outer and a lot of it and to know it is an illusion. A lot of it's not true anyway. I mean, you know, and to go back inward and believe in our imagination, more than anything, and the more we harmonize our thoughts, feelings, and emotions with our divine source, the more the outer will reflect that.
0: Okay, well, that's that's very good advice for this for this period, um, and I think people will, if if they follow that, will um, at least feel more peaceful, you know, in the in the turbulent times, but. Um, appears <laughs> before us. Uh, so uh, I really want to thank you for your time today, James. I really enjoyed our conversation, and you changed my view on quite a few things today, so I appreciate that.
1: Uh, me too. I very much enjoyed it. And yes, you're right. It flew by. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, very much. And now you are on Facebook, right? You do have a page, um, the, the Grand South yeah. Movie page, correct? That's right. Great. Okay, so people can can join you there. So again, thank you for your time and I'll go ahead and give everyone the, the websites that they can um find you at.
1: Okay. Thank you so much.
0: Okay, you're welcome. And everyone, today my special guest has been James A. Sinclair. We've been talking about his new movie, the Grand South movie. Um the excuse me, um Dissolving the Illusion of Separation. Uh, You can find out more by going to the website, which is GrandSelfMovie.com. And on that website, you can see the the trailer and more information about viewing the movie. Um, As well as finding out more information about James himself, you can visit his website, which is JamesASinclair.be. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again... Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at ByteRadio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. At Byte Radio Me. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.